0: I know you're saying, you might be here for the first time, but they're loud. They're going to be loud in heaven. I'm going to be loud because I made it. How about you? Oh, hallelujah. It says make a joyful noise. Hallelujah. Be glad. Boy, it's good to see everybody. Some we haven't seen since the last rapture. Boys, good to see you again. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, I know you're wondering why we didn't make the last one. Well, we're waiting on you. So, anyway, <laughs> good to see you. Welcome, everybody. We bless you. Special day to, to praise the Lord. Amen. Grace of God. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, and Father, here's your children called by your name, set apart for your glory. We come before you, Father. We need you, Holy Spirit, to enlighten us, change us, and transform us. There's not one of us here who desire to stay the same. Transformation is our desire, change. Lord, I pray for these precious people, your children. Guide my tongue. Take over my heart as I'm called to address your children today. May the Word and the Spirit give life and we submit to your presence and we submit and yield to you, Holy Spirit, living Spirit of God. In your name and in your presence we pray, amen Amen. and amen. Today we want to talk about search and destroy and if you have your Bibles, I want to share something with you here. In Psalms chapter 19, the Lord gave me this Tuesday as we were praying and I want to encourage you to come on Tuesday night prayer. We got into some blasting and some prayer. Boy, I tell you, we blasted. And uh, we just know some things are breaking. Amen. And so uh, you want to come in on prayer meeting on Tuesday night, tell you, come and take your shoes off and get ready to have a good time. I want you to see here in Psalms chapter 19, the Lord spoke this to me. And it says in the NIV, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the skies proclaim the work of his hands. The work of his hands. That word hands speak of the work of his spirit. Day after day they pour forth speech. God is singing over you. He's speaking over you. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Speaking of the glory of God. And the thing about the, the glory of God in the heavens is they, 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 in history they say that the person who invented the wheel... Invented the wheel by looking at the creation of God. Saw the moon was round, the sun was round, the stars are round. Got a revelation of orbit. And in all this revelation of, of everything that was round and they invented the wheel. Of course, the roundness speaks of a cycle of new beginnings. As you know, every hundred years is a new century. 365 days is a new year. 60 minutes is a new hour. At all creation, the heavens declare that our God is the God of new beginnings. That you're not settled and you are not trapped. You are not trapped and don't have to be trapped in any area that you're fighting with today. The heavens declare, without even hearing the word, they declare by sight that I'm going to do a new thing in your lives and I'm the God of new creation. And it says in verse 4, their line... Has gone all throughout all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. The tabernacle of the sun speaks that as the sun can never be destroyed. There's no way that anybody could ever stop or destroy the sun. So is God and his children cannot be destroyed because we're more than overcomers. But I want you to see that word line and it goes into what we're going to get into. As I looked it up in the Greek that word line speaks is the word Hebrew word for plum line. And it speaks of accuracy of his sovereignty. The plumb line. The accuracy of the sovereignty of God. You can look it up in the Hebrew too, the lexicon, and, and other Hebrew study books. The accuracy of the sovereignty of God. But listen to this. It doesn't only speak about the accuracy of the sovereignty of God over your life. That word there means the plumb line. God says, listen now, because we want to get into destroying strongholds. This means I set the limits and I remove the stakes of the past. So many times in our life we say, you know, I've only gone so far in my life. I always get to the same point and it seems like I can't get any further. Well, this word line, the plumb line of God says, it's not the circumstances that set the standards. It's me, the sovereignty of my hand that sets the standards. He even says in his word that he created the sand to tell the sea no more. This is it. The plumb line says, I'm going to expand, and I'm going to remove the stakes over your mind and your emotions, and I'm going to let you and set you free because I'm the Lord of sovereignty, and I'm the Lord who reigns and rules over all of creation and over you. And even as I rule over creation and the galaxies continue to give birth, and everything I created says new beginning, I've, I want to create a new beginning for you. And this word, this word here speaks about I'm going to remove the natural and the spiritual stakes that have been trying to hold you down. How many are ready to go out? Amen. And there's something interesting here in chapter 7. Now, all of Psalms chapter 19, if if you're into theology, chapter 19 of Psalms is the book that they would read when they would take it out of the ark. Whenever they would take it out of the ark of the covenant, it was Psalms 19 they would read. But there's something very interesting about starting with verse 7. Do you remember when David was returning the ark to Jerusalem? And every six steps, they would stop and do a sacrifice? Well, for every step, he quoted verses 7, verses 8, and verses 9 of Psalms chapter 19. They would take a step, and he would read, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise is simple. And he would take another step and he would read the next portion of the scripture. And when he would get to six steps, he would sacrifice an animal. Then he would take another six steps and read the same ones in order once again. The law of the Lord is perfect. Say that with me. Perfect. The word perfect means fitted to make God's child perfect. Write that down. Fitted. The word perfect. He's not talking about his word only, but the power of his word. The reason he speaks it is not for himself. The reason he has spoken his word is to make his child perfect. For his word is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, fitted to make the God of child perfect. And it goes on to say, restoring the whole person, spirit, soul, mind, and body. And he goes on to say, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, wise, divine insight that is able to transform even the simple or those with no understanding. Aren't you glad that God has a wisdom that goes beyond our natural wisdom so that we can comprehend? Now, I want you to see in verse 8, this was another one he would speak as he would take a step. The statutes of the Lord are right. Now, what's exciting about that, the word statutes, get ready for this. He already said his word Perfects his children into perfection. The word statutes is the word deposits. The deposits of the Lord are right, are right on. Whatever we get with before God and we start seeking God, there is a right deposit for wherever you are to bring you to a new level of perfection where you haven't been before. And even though you have not been walking maybe in different areas of wisdom or lies we're going to study today, discernment, the, the, the deposits of the Lord is able to open the eyes to see while we were not able to see before so we could go on. There are things hidden that is going to be manifested so we can go forward. Do you, or How many are hungry for those deposits? Amen. Now, look, 12 and 14, it says, who, this is important. This is what we're going to be touching on. Who can discern his errors? Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden, what? Faults. Faults. Not just sins, but faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins, and may they not rule. Somebody say, Not rule. There's going to be something broken today as we get into this word, not rule. They cannot rule over me. Shout that with me. They will not rule over me. Today we're going to demolish these things that have been trying to ruin the area of faults and errors and willful sins. That I will then be blameless and innocent of the great transgressions. And then it says, may, or i put, then the words of my mouth. And the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O God, my redeemer. It speaks of hidden conspiracies. Those who are trying to hide to try to look for something to get you with. It means to go on a hunt down. That word discern means to hunt down and find what's trying to bring a virus into your mind. When you live by your computer and you need your computer so much, the last thing you need is a virus. Uh, brother Daniel back there, he lives; his business is with his computer. And somehow his computer had a virus, and it took days or weeks for it to get fixed. And his job, his business was on a halt just because a virus entered into the computer. Well, and they didn't understand why. Well, there's sometimes things in our life, we don't understand why they come. But the thing is, it's not just to sit there. Listen to church, it's not just to sit there and say, I wonder why that happened. I guess that's just life. No, the word discern means I need to hunt down the reason why it's happening. I'm just not going to sit here and accept what's happening. I'm going to hunt down the reason it's happening, and I'm going to find out if it has anything to do with errors or hidden faults from God in my life. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It says, you must have the same attitude. Say with me, you must. This is how it starts off in Philippians 2.5. The scripture's not up there, but it's a Philippians. There it is on the bottom. Philippians 2.5. You must, you must, you must, you have to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I love the message translation. It says, think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. What a revelation. Think of yourself. Not how other people think of you. Think of yourself not according to what? Reports may come up. Think of yourself the way Jesus, because you are in him. Amen. Now, the word attitude in, 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 a, in a Greek is the word phroneo. He was a hobbit. You hear that? Phroneo. Anyway, the word attitude means to exercise the mind. It means to have, listen to this, the word attitude means to have a strong opinion. You must have a strong opinion of yourself as Christ did of him. When Satan came to tempt him, he says, "Uh uh-uh, you're not pushing me away from who I am. I am the son of God. I'm not a toy for some devil. I'm not a toy of some circumstance. I'm not the little rat that the mouse can play around. I'm the son of God. And I say, Satan, I rebuke thee. Let the same attitude find out. Make it your attitude. It means to have a strong opinion, and it means to be mentally decided mentally decided to better discern the errors and the things that are trying to come against your mind. Now, I love 2 Corinthians 2, chapter 10, 3, 4, 5. You you know it, but let's go right straight to verse 4. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Now, you may have something strong against you. You may have something of the past that just burdens you down. But the word here says, but we have something of divine power. It's not natural power. It's not made by man, but there is a divine power. It goes on to say, divine power to demolish. Somebody shout out demolish. demolish. Shout out demolish. demolish. Oh, just demolish strongholds. And it says in verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it. Somebody say it with me, make it. Make it. Make it. Make it. Make it. Make it. Obedient to God. A few weeks ago, I was sharing with the people as I was, on a, on a sunny night. I was sharing about, I read about two athletes who have, they, they tell about when they get ready to play a game, two basketball players, they have a lot of trouble sometimes getting the confidence to get up there and play. And so what they said that they do is they get a rubber band. And every time they start wondering if they're going to be, and they start doubting, they start saying, you know what, I don't think tonight's going to be a good game. I don't think we're going to win. Every time they have a negative thought, they grab that rubber band, they pull it out real far, and they snapped themselves back into reality. And so I had a bag of rubber bands and I can't tell you how many people came up to me and told me, Pastor, I broke my rubber band, I used it so much. And so we had to keep on buying rubber bands and we hand them out. But then on the way to San Antonio to our son's graduation there from the military, uh, from boot camp, I heard a lady on the radio say that she teaches her clients to put a rubber band around their head and to pop it on their forehead. And so I wanna invite anybody to do that, but I'm keeping it on the wrist, okay? But anyway, it's, a, it's to make these thoughts and imaginations obedient to God. Discerning. Let me tell you something about discerning. I was reading a book this week from a, a, a doctor, and, and a, just a, a regular doctor. Uh, I believe he believed in God, but he was... I've just been trying to get information from different areas. And he said something very interesting about the lady who was born in 1827. Her name was Marie uh, Pierre. And, uh, and she... Uh, was uh, uh, with her husband. They were the only two people, she was the only person to ever receive the Nobel Prize twice. But her and her husband worked together. In fact, when her and her husband received the Nobel Prize together the first time before he had a terrible accident, uh, they, they, they used the scripture in Genesis that says, it was not good for a man to be alone, so God made him a helpmate. And together they invented radiation. In the late 1800s they invented, and, and she even named radiation that today is being used to even help so many people with cancer. Albert Einstein even praised her for her work that helped him understand some of the things he was working with. But something very interesting, that when she invented and she found how to use She didn't invent radiation, but she found how to break the atoms, and she learned how to use it. It's amazing that somebody else took her information and created the X-ray machine. And as I was studying on discernment, and I read this in this book, this is what Marie uh, Pierre said. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. There's something wrong with me. Well, let's turn the x-ray machine on and let's find it. It's hiding behind a bone, in a lung, in a foot. There's something that keeps causing you trouble that is hiding somewhere. So we're just not going to be afraid of what we don't see. We're going to put the spirit's x-ray machine on it. And we're going to find out what's hiding so we can deal with it, we can destroy it, and we can demolish it, and we can kill it. How many are with me here this morning? It's amazing that this lady's wisdom came. Her heart was to be able to get into sea areas that nobody else could see with the natural eye. She wanted to get into an area where she could see something without having to cut them open. So she worked, and this other man worked on the x-ray machine. And, and, and this is what she also said. She said... Discerning, she used this word, discerning is knowing what, which half. Listen to this. Discernment is knowing which half to believe. I thought, man, this woman's preaching without even preaching. Which half to believe. Why am I in such competition with my siblings? Why can't I learn to love my parents? Why do I have these issues that arise over and over again? Discernment or the x ray of the Holy Spirit, we read in Psalms 19 and we read in these other scriptures. To have the attitude of Christ is to allow the Holy Spirit to turn on the x ray machine and go what and show me what is hidden and I cannot even see by myself but is there and is causing me trouble and it's going to grow if I don't destroy it. Even Paul told Timothy it can turn into a cancer and it can eat what is of cancerous root in my body that i have to see through the eyes of the spirit to be able to deal with it what is hiding from my past that is continually coming up causing me to respond the way i do and not this way christ would have me to it's this hidden things we have to learn to deal with the word Arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and to take captive every thought, every thought, every thought, every thought until you leave a whelp and then you remember not to do that again and make it obedient to Christ. The word strongholds means, listen to this, the word strongholds means a prisoner locked down by deception. A prisoner locked down by deception. Believe in the wrong thing. A prisoner that is believing a lie as if the lie were true. That's the stronghold, and that's what we're going to be working on the next few weeks. Depression, negativity, all these different things, even religious negativity, That continues to close the heavens and stop from what God wants to do in our lives. There's so many areas. And and I feel that we have to get to some issues in this area that has been running loose in central Louisiana way too long. And it's time for the church to rise up and demolish these strongholds and not yield to them and not give it to them anymore. And I believe that's what's going to open up the floodgates for the river of God to come through. But it speaks there about strongholds is... is, uh, a lie as if someone, it, it's believing a lie as if the lie were true. It also means living a life by something that is simply not true. Let me give you an example. You ever met a, 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 a person? They were, sting, they were skin and bones. And, and you're with a group and, the, and, and you're talking about the need to lose weight. And, and, and she tells you, well, you know, she's already a size zero. And what does she say? You know, I just need to lose weight too. I need to lose another 10 pounds. Well, how much do you weigh now? 90. And you want to lose another 10 pounds? Yeah, because I feel fat. I want to tell you another example. Now I'm going to pick on the men. I got a word. Speedos is of the devil. Speedos is a sin. If you don't believe me, get on the internet and look up Speedos. And they've got, they show you, because I was going to show you, but I didn't want to quench the spirit because I wanted to die when I saw it. But, but when I looked up Speedos, it's called, I guess women are called cougars, and I guess older men are called bears. Is that true? I don't know. But on the, yeah, but on the Internet, they talked about bear Speedos. And it was men in their 50s to their 80s, and it showed them with Speedos on, and their stomachs were so big. You couldn't see the Speedo. And they were so hairy, I figured out why they call them a bear. Now listen, we could talk about the ladies wanting to lose weight, but let's talk about these men who just, they think they're sexy. And they gotta go to the beach, and it's not even Halloween. And they gotta wear these Speedos And they showed, and some of them would bend down and stay a long time. And it was like, ah! Don't they know what they look like? They are, they have a stronghold that everybody wants to see them in a speedo. So I really know right now by divine revelation, if you have a Speedo, we need to burn it for you back there in our burn pile because Speedos are of the devil. Nobody looks decent in a Speedo. They're of the devil. It's so easy to have a stronghold, 60 years old, shirt totally unbuttoned, Stomach out to here and some gold chains and they're walking around trying to get some young girl in a midlife, middle age crisis. So since I talked about the men, I'll give you one about ladies. Some ladies feel like they have to tan till they look like luggage. Luggage. They want to look like leather. And so they tan and they tan. And you think, are you going to keep tanning? And they keep tanning and they keep tanning. And before you know it, you know, it blinds you when they come in. And like when you go to the airport, they say, do you want to check your luggage in? No, that's my wife. And you want to ask them, (laughs) you want to ask them, how dark is dark? How much more more do you want to burn? When are you going to be happy? Leather. Roll hot, never mind. Anyway, Anyway, I mean, but if you talk to them, I'm pale. Baby, you blind. I'm fat, I'm skinny, I'm to this, I'm to that. And you believe a lie, and it leads to something we're going to be speaking about next week, because I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to miss out on anything that the Lord's given me. Are you, and I know I just wasted a lot of time about nonsense, but it made a point, didn't it? Anyway, it's so easy to believe a lie, and you don't even know you're believing a lie, and you don't even know that you're deceived. Everybody can tell you, you look fine just like you are. You. Amen. There you go. I like whoever said that. God bless you. You don't have to do nothing else. But something inside of you from your past surfaces and say, you've got to do more. You've got to get darker. You've got to get fatter. You've got to get skinnier. And you start becoming negative because of how you feel and because of the lie. And you start becoming negative about yourself. And you start saying things against yourself, and that's not the attitude Christ had of himself. That's where we're missing it. So, we see here that many times we can be a prisoner of a stronghold. And this is the thing about the word stronghold if you're taking notes the word stronghold means of something that is entrenched and hidden, it's entrenched. Just like the Battle of the Bulge, the Germans hid themselves and they didn't want to move and they fought and they fought. There's something in your life that is entrenched and hidden and doesn't want you to see it because if you see it, you can deal with it. But if you don't see it, you don't deal with it. If you don't deal with it, it grows. There's lies that are entrenched that has been lying to you maybe for years. There are things that have been talking to you and causing you to respond negatively or in depression And the Holy Spirit loves his children so much. He says, listen, I have given you divine power of weapons to demolish these strongholds that have been lying to you and hidden faults, hidden things you cannot see. And I want to bring my thing to, I want to bring my x-ray to better show you and what's working and what's working in your life. I love this. I read this this week by Lauren Cunningham, a mighty man of God. He wrote this. This was his definition of humility. A willingness to be known for who we really are. When I humble myself before God, Lord, I don't want you to tell me what pleases me. I want you to show if there's any, David said, if there be hidden, any hidden thing in me, cleanse me and lead me to the way everlasting. If there's something in my life that I don't see, if there's some attitude in my life that I don't know, if there's something wrong in my heart, I need you to reveal it so that I can deal with it. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, I humble myself with a willingness to be known for who I really am before it destroys me. It's the willfulness to let him rule and not the sins. Amen. Stronghold. That's a special word. That's well defined. When we went to see our son on the base, that air, ba- that air base is locked down hard. I mean, you just can't walk in there and say, hey, everybody, how you doing? No. I mean, there's checkpoints. Well, that's what we need to do with thoughts. Every thought must go through the checkpoint. Would Christ say that? Would Christ think that way? Would Christ criticize? Would Christ be little? Would Christ do this? How would Christ attack And I want to be like Christ. The Holy Spirit take over my thoughts and, and let me see what is hiding from me. Many times what's hiding is caused by pain, by scars, by hurts so deep. And the reason it's called strongholds is because it's behind walls of separation. Because I don't want to let nobody in, but I'm not going to let anything out either. It's a stronghold. It's not getting out. And nothing of love is coming in. I've done, tried that. I trusted. I believed. And I got hurt again. It's a stronghold. If you're dead inside, there's no life to give. Many times you meet a loved one. And and, and I can understand. You meet a parent who lost a child. And they still have two or three more. And everybody tells them, listen, you need to pour your love into those you still have. But they're so dead on the inside that they can't give love to those that they still have because they're grieving so hard because of the one they lost. And it's not just a child, but it can be something in our life that has caused us to close up to where we can't even become intimate with our wife or our children or our husband or friends because we're so closed because it's a stronghold. There's walls defending me inside and walls keeping it out because I'm not going to open myself up again because if I get hurt again, I get resentful again and I get bitter again and I get angry again and it just grows and grows and God can't bless that. And then numbness sets in and I stop Feeling and I stop. I, if I can stop feeling, I can stop hurting and I can stop allowing things to destroy my life and I can go on. Many people say to feel is to remember. If I allow myself to start feeling again, numbness is my protection. Many people who've been hurt, they say, You know, I can't trust a man no more. You can't trust men no more than you can throw them. That's hurt speaking. That's a stronghold speaking because God may have a perfect gentleman prepared for you, but because you've been hurt, You got walls up and you become numb and you can't even hear the Holy Spirit saying, it's not good for you to be alone. I've got someone prepared for you as I've been preparing you for him. Strongholds cause numbness. No one thinks I'm important or valued. I was abused. I'm always being taken advantage of. I'm not risking that again. And many of us have made those vows and we need to break them. I'm not risking being taken advantage of again. The last church I was at, God's blessed I'm even here because the last church I was at, like he's blessed because you're here. The last church I was at, they hurt me, and I said, I'll never go to church again. God wants to heal you of that, sweetheart. God wants to minister to you of that because what happened is that pain is going back 10, 20, 30, 40 years even of things that's been hidden that now the Spirit of God wants to raise up. Risk means Rejection if I just stay shut down, then I keep my hearts and my feelings from going on. If I stay shut down to them, I don't have to suffer anymore. I read about a lady who was OCD, and, and let me say something, let me give you this word right now. I'm talking to you right now as children of God. There are many of you here, the reason I'm speaking of this is not to bring things out to hurt you. The reason I'm speaking of this is because you are a child of God, and that many of you do things and blame yourself for doing them. And it's not your fault. He said hidden faults and hidden errors. This lady who was OCDC. OCDC. OCD, ACDC. Anyway, this lady who was OCD. You know, compulsive disorder. Everything has to be in its place. And everything has to be neat. Everything has to be clean. They did a study on her and come to find out it wasn't natural for her to be OCD. So they did a study come to find out that her mother was suicidal. And the knives and the scissors and the peels had to be in their place hidden so the mother wouldn't find them. Things had to be hidden. Ropes need to be hidden because the mother was suicidal. And she was raised in that type of home of a suicidal mother that they had to keep everything hidden. And so everything had to be in its place. And so the person wasn't... At fault for being OCD, it was the environment and the pain and the struggle she was raised in that caused her to be OCD. And there are many of you here. You've, this message is a message of hope for you. And tonight, uh, we're doing breakout. The youth, the teenagers, the kids, they're all going into their discipleship class. And I'm going to be in here with the adults. And I'm going to share with you a message on hope. So I want to encourage you to come back tonight on hope. But the thing about it is, is that many times, there are some of you here today. And you're hurt and you're discouraged, and you're negative. And I want to tell you, by the grace of God, it's not your fault. For many of you, there's something that happened that every time you get hurt... You feel such a strong pain, and it's not your fault. It's because something happened when you were a child that wounded you. And every time it opens up, you're wounded again. And you think it's the person that you're married to. You think it's the person you respect or love. You think it's this one or that one. And the truth is, God wants to free you from you blaming yourself anymore. Joseph didn't blame his brothers. And you've got to get the point where you do not blame yourself anymore for the hurt and the pain. I guess it's 12 o'clock. So anyway, <laughs> we see here that many times a suicidal parent or the way we were raised, and we think it's our problem, there's, but there's something inside of us that is destroying us. There's something inside of us that is destroying us, and that's what God wants us to see. Now I want to end with this example because uh, uh, I want to give you this before you go. Is there anybody here, you've got an electronic collar and an and electric ray to keep your dog in. Anybody here has got one? You got one? You don't have it anymore? Yeah, I know you don't have your dog, God rest his soul, but how about the collar? Can, can, can we use it next week? W- will you wear it? No. You'll put them on him? Okay, you hold them down, and you put it on him. Th- th- this is what I want to say to end. I want to leave you this imagination in your heart, this image in your heart. We took our boys to a friend's house uh, a few years ago, and when we got there, their dogs came at us. We got out of the car. Their dogs came at us, but they came to a certain point and they stopped. And we were there praying. And the owner said, "Don't worry. There's a hidden. There's a hidden laser or a hidden something there, and they won't. Uh huh. A perimeter. Yes. There's a stronghold, and they won't get past that invisible stronghold. Perimeter. Perimeter. I like that word perimeter." Anyway, they put this laser on and they put this collar on this dog. How many have ever seen it? And that dog takes off and when he passes the laser, like like those bugs that go to that thing. And it hurts the dog, but it's to train the dog. Don't go past that barrier. And do you know after a while that dog gets so trained they can turn the laser off and that dog will go up and it will know where to stop because they're thinking, if I take one more step, and <laughs> <laughs> I may be stupid, but I know that if I take one more step, it's going to zap me. And so they learn to stop at an invisible barrier. They learn to stop. And there's something hidden that's been stopping all of us from going forward into the attitude of Jesus Christ. There is something that we've got to deal with through the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit to deal with something that has been stopping us way too long and keeping us from going forward. We remember the pain, so we stop. Reach out and hug somebody, we stop. Be part of the singles group, no, I got burnt last time, we stop. Get a hold of the couples, we stop. Get involved in support a ministry, we stop. Keep going to church, we stop. Quit trusting God, we stop. Because something keeps coming back in our mind. The last time I, I got crazy about God, people got crazy on me and they tore me up. But if we let the Holy Spirit x-ray deep, hidden in our hearts, it's not necessarily what the church did. It was things before that that's added up. There are things that come and try to steal, to kill, and destroy. So I just ask you this morning if you just bow your heads and close your eyes. And as I shared the, the definition of humility, Lord, show me how I really am in your divine sovereign eyes. And as I started off, there's new beginnings. The heavens declare every day to you and I, every morning, every evening, and all night and all day. Everything He created says, it's round, it's a cycle. You can either stay in a cycle of hurt and pain and death and misery, or you can accept a cycle of life and trust me and come to know me. Today, just ask you, just open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to just minister to your heart right now and show you. Help me go deep. Holy Spirit, go deep. Bring me deep. Bring me deep. Let me show you an example. As you're praying, you may wonder what you're seeing and the Holy Spirit can reveal things to you. And You may see in your heart, your grandfather, and your grandmother coming with you, to you with a cup. And they're handing you this cup. And that cup is the things that they have lived with that they've passed on from generation to generation. It may be your dad, your mom. It may be uh, another spiritual leader you had in your life. It may be a boss. It may be a school teacher or a coach. It may be somebody come up to you and it looks like they're handing something to you. What you have to do to demolish strongholds is understand that whatever you're being handed is not the cup of the Lord may be something that has been holding you back and hurting you and keeping you down. The Holy Spirit has many ways to speak to you through His Word, through His Spirit, even as we read in Psalms 19 through nature. God wants to get His message through to you. Adam and Eve, God got His message to them, and they got a new beginning. Moses was a murderer, and he got a new beginning. David was adulterer. He had a new beginning. All through the Bible, you find the heroes. Even though they were heroes, and great men and women of God, they needed new beginnings. And when they got the new beginning, they had to go into a desert place and they had to let God surface what was their ruin and could rise and be their ruin again. We open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. The next few weeks just reveal to us the shackles that need to be destroyed. And let us grow with a new attitude and new heart. That we can be people that we can say we're just like Christ. Made in his image, whole spirit, soul, mind, and body. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand? If you prayed, Holy Spirit, show me, reveal to me, help me. In the next few weeks, we're going to be dealing with some things that I believe God will be speaking to you. Negativity over finances, negativity over church, negativity over yourself, negativity over family, relationships. Negativity is what the ten spies had that the Lord said was an unclean spirit, was sin. We have to get past being negative, become fruitful, and God's going to deal with us in these things and help us. Because He loves us so much. As we end, is there somebody here today that you say... I don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I don't know if my sins are forgiven. I, I, I don't know if I die right now and go to heaven. But I know I need him. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Anyone at all? Raise your hand. I need to accept Christ in my heart as Lord and Savior. I need forgiveness of my sins. If that's you, would you please raise your hand? Anyone at all? I need Jesus. I need Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Christians, be praying. Be praying. This is an important moment. The only way that struggles come down is through Christ accepting Him as Lord and Savior. Is there someone here? God bless you, sir. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Young person. Anyone else? I need Jesus. And my heart, is my Lord and Savior. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Would you, two men, would y'all come and let me pray with you? And is there anyone else here today that you want to receive Jesus? Would you come and let me pray with you? Those two that raised their hand, would you come? And anyone else, would you come? And let us pray the prayer of salvation. He, he went the distance for you. Now, will you come to the front for him? And declare before heaven and hell and these witnesses, I want to become a child of God. I want freedom of my sins. Would you please come? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one looking around let this moment be a time of reverence oh don't, don't delay don't delay, come now, come now come now allow Christ to begin his perfect work please come come now come and accept forget, forget about the crowd don't, don't think about how many people's here don't, don't worry about that think of Jesus, look at him look at Jesus come Come, look at Jesus. Come. 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 Anyone else today? Would you come? She says she wants to receive Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You're so. saved you know her you gonna get saved today you gonna get saved today isn't this precious is there someone else you wanna get saved today you want a new beginning you wanna receive Christ there was more who raised their hand let this child lead you and let this be a memorial day that you got saved when these precious daughters got saved today Let's pray this prayer of salvation. You, you believe. Have you been saved before? You want to rededicate your life? Let's pray this prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Dear God. In Jesus name. I come to you. Forgive me. Of all my sins. My faults. And my errors. I give my life to you. Only you can heal me. Even now, you are saving me. I believe in the blood. Say, I believe in the blood of Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. And be my Lord. Let's give the Lord praise. Would everybody stand? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take their names. Congratulations, mama. God bless you. Congratulations. That is so awesome. Precious child, we dedicate her to you. Dedicate him to you. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, listen, we love you. We bless you tonight. We'll be here at 6. Brother Jake, would you dismiss us? Father, right now, Lord, we thank you, God, that... Father, this message has stirred our hearts today, Lord God. We want to take the authority, Lord, over the things in our lives that have held us back, God. We want to to be able to crush and demolish every stronghold in our life, Father. So I pray today, Lord God, as people leave, Lord, and they begin to meditate and ponder on this word, that God, you would reveal those things in their lives, Lord, the addictions, the strongholds, Father, that need to be broken off. We thank you, Father, for breaking the chains of of addiction today, Lord. And God, I thank you for being with everyone as they go, with their families, with their loved ones, their friends. Let them get rested and come back tonight ready to receive what you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.